Yeah, we back with a new episode. Was the Broad Street? You know that we best to show. Sammy Conway every single week. Blowing up the net, it's a goddamn treat. Hey, Billy Sports Talk by the fans, for the fans. Our producer Shane G is the GOAT, man. Talking everything that go on here in Philly. Got the intro from my homie Meek Millay. Burning up the mics, yeah, we don't cap. Now hear the wolves, listen up, it's a rap. Hello everybody, hello Philadelphia, welcome back once again to another edition of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. As always, my name is Ryan Conway and joining me is my co-host Sam Glavin. And of course we have our producer Seamus G behind the glass producing the show, making things happen on the back end. Sam, it has been an absolute whirlwind since we last checked in with the listeners. I still can't believe it's only been a week. It, it feels like a month has passed considering all the things that have happened in the world of sports, especially in Philly sports within the last seven days. So obviously we're going to kick it off with the Eagles and their new head coaching hire, uh, South Philly legend, yeah. <laughs> famously local guy, Nick Sirianni. <laughs> the local guy. I didn't realize they uh, hired Adam Hazley. shut up all right (laughs) point is a lot of people thought that head coach nick sirianni was from uh south philly because that sounds like uh sounds like a south philly guy for sure yes although he is from western new york so well i i I have no hate in my heart for western new york i have no feeling whatsoever so i'm going in with an open mind and off the bat i already trust him because he is a fellow paisan so i have really no qualms with this hiring definitely would have liked to see deuce but he is no longer with the team. A lot of things going on with this coaching staff. Sam, what are some of the highlights for you? Some well, you know, obviously, you know, you've been talking about Nick Sirianni. Um, but you know what? I think my favorite hire so far uh, has been uh, John Jonathan Gannon. Uh, he was the uh, Colts, also a Colts guy. <laughs> He's a, uh, he was the former Colts defensive backs coach, which I think is fantastic, especially if the Eagles are going to be thinking about taking some corners in this draft. Um, if you look at his, he's had a lot of really great success um, with the defensive backs in, in, uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, you know, Xavier Rhodes had a fantastic year this year among, uh, among other names in the defensive backcourt for the Colts. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited to see what this um, breath of fresh air is going to do for the, uh, the Eagles defense. And you know what, Ryan, I think the sticks defense era is over. I think it's done. <laughs> I really hope that is true. I uh, of course didn't watch much of any India Indianapolis Colts games. I have, no, I, I just saw a mouse. Uh, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, I have no idea really what any of these guys are bringing to the table. All I know is that they made the playoffs and we didn't, and that their defense wasn't too bad. So yeah. hopefully we, we can get this guy in here, coach up our defensive backs, as you said, and just solidify this defensive unit because especially over the past few seasons, it has been the best part of this football team, even yeah. though we may not act like it, myself included. Mm-hmm. Even though I criticized the defense and Jim Jim Schwartz a lot, yeah, they were they weren't re- it wasn't really their fault. The offense was stalling, which is why you know I like the idea of bringing in a Frank Reich acolyte in Nick Sirianni, and then mm-hmm. of course the offensive coordinator that worked with Justin Herbert for that historic rookie year. Shane, yeah. is it Steichen? Steichen? I'm gonna go Steichen. Steichen. We'll uh, figure it's it the, out. Let us the know. German scholar in me. 
Yeah, of course. So mm. let, it, let us know below what it is. We're it's <laughs> new guys, a lot going on this week. I, I can't learn everybody's name. <laughs> aren't, aren't you glad, though, that we didn't hire um, McDaniels so that we can have the confusion between McDaniel and McDaniels? I'm, I'm really glad that he is not, you know, going to be anywhere near this organization. That makes me very happy. Uh, when I saw it was Nick Sirianni, I was more relieved that it wasn't uh, Josh McDaniels more than excited about it being Nick Sirianni. Yeah. Well, the one thing that I do know about uh, Nick Sirianni, not only is he a, a Frank Reich protege, uh, he is in fact a visor guy. And uh, for those of you who are not watching the, the micro content, I am wearing a visor. It is um, it goes great with my Philadelphia Phillies Jersey. Um, and I think that having a guy who's a, who's a visor wearer, a visor enthusiast, as you might put it, um, is good. Is, it's just good for the organization in general. You know, we've had a lot of success under guys with visors, um, minus Chip it, Kelly. Uh, but well, we even had initial success with him. Yeah. So yeah. The visor, so, he, that he was clearly, clearly being carried by the visor that season. <laughs> That's clear. Yeah. It's our third coach in a row uh, with a visor, and I couldn't be happier. I think it's a great style look. I think at this point, I'm going to have to get myself an Eagles visor. We were talking about that pre-show, how we kind of need yeah. to get one now. Because mm-hmm. it just kind of, I guess that's kind of the Eagle way. I'm fine with that. I'll get a fat head of Carson Wentz on my wall. be just like Howie Roseman. <laughs> It'll be amazing. But- I think that automatically <laughs> makes you the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> just an undying love for Carson Wentz enough yeah. that I have a, a mm-hmm. large monument to him in my room. That's like a, that was, that yeah. was so funny. You know who does have a large monument of Carson Wentz in, in his room? me oh oh it's not particularly large (laughs) just a jersey jersey. (laughs) of course it is nice to have the support it is nice it's a nice way to voice your support for this uh quarterback Carson Wentz even though he has been struggling you know we still do love Carson Wentz here in Philly although he may not love us a ton right about now well I'm excited to (laughs) see what 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 Steichen can do Mm-hmm. with Carson because I mean when you look at Justin Herbert and you look at Carson Wentz there are obviously a lot of similarities that p- jump out at you obviously I think Justin Herbert's mechanics are better than Carson's right now because Carson yeah. has regressed but I think that Car- we're working with Steichen is going to be great for Carson great for his mechanics and he's really going to maybe not take a massive step right away that we're going to notice right off the bat but I do think it's going to give him a chance to succeed and probably want to stay if that is an option that the that the front yeah. office is considering which i believe through multiple reports they have been oh well, i think there's no question that the the plan right now is to keep carson wentz and to fix carson wentz i mean you said you've seen everybody that they've hired so far are, have connections to people who like who have who would be good for carson wentz i mean nick sirianni head coach protege of of frank reich and carson wentz had his best year under frank reich and you look at a guy um you look at a guy like station who had all the success in the i mean not all the success in the world but he had very very good success with um with justin herbert with the chargers this year as a rookie um so you know what i think this is just the the uh, the eagles front office saying hey we put a shit ton of money into this guy. We're not about to let him go. We're going to try and everything we can to fix him. I mean, I think it's, they might as well get on, get on top of Novacare with a, with a megaphone and say, Hey, we're keeping Carson Wentz with these hires. Like it's, it's, it's pretty clear to me. Yeah. You're, you're definitely right about that. I mean, tons of 
tons of offensive minded guys that are really going to be able to help him that have maybe not so much a proven track record, but at least recently have mm-hmm. shown flashes of, of, of high quality or at least competent offensive coaching, which is something that uh, say what you will about Doug Peterson. I, I, I feel we lacked at times, especially with uh, press Taylor being a part of the organization who I at first thought he was like a wunderkind. I thought he was <laughs> like going to be, I thought he was going to be like the next OC going to be the man. And he just, he sucked. He was terrible. He was not good. So we got rid of him. Yeah. We brought in a guy, uh, another Colts guy, Kevin Patolo. Patolo. Uh, who, who knows? I mean, you, this looks Patullo. like a, <laughs> looks like an Italian-ish last name. I mean, I yeah, know. I would say I would say Patulo, Patulo, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. But that's another, you know, it's another guy in a way related to Frank Reich. You know, obviously, yeah. of course, he's associated with the guy we hired as a head coach, so he's going to want to bring his guys. But that's just, you know, that that proves that oh, he's leaving, and I need these guys with me because right. this was a really solid staff in Indianapolis. So mm-hmm. I think that's really good, and also. I think there was a sneaky good hire that not a lot of people are talking about because it's not like one of the main, you know, coaching uh, positions. The defensive line coach, Tracy Rocker, I believe, has just been recently signed a contract to become our new defensive line coach. He's out of Auburn, and Auburn has had incredible defensive lines over the past few years. Just really high-quality stuff. Of course, it's the SEC, so you need that. But he was clearly taking guys that, you know, were raw coming out of high school and could turn them into serious pass rushers. I mean, obviously, we don't have raw talent. We have proven talent on the Eagles' defensive line across the board. So I think that'll be even better going from working with young, Mm -hmm. unexperienced college guys to taking this incredible unit to the next level. You know, Ryan, I know it's not the Philly segment quite yet, but I um, I have intel that um, Tracy Rocker has a son. His name's Kumar, and um, he's the current number one overall pitching prospect um, at a college right now in Vanderbilt. Through a uh, through a no hitter in the College World Series last year, so uh, oh. if he could bring if he could bring uh, bring his son around with the Phillies, and he could be the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. That'd be sick. <laughs> that'd be really <laughs> nice. Yeah, honestly, that yeah. would be a big two for one. For the yeah. for the city of Philadelphia, mm-hmm. any shot we land that kid at all? Any shot? No, nah, he's gonna go like number one, number two overall. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. He's gonna, he's going you know, we're, draft. You can hope. You can hope for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's no gross. real reason to. And Sam, you were happy with. Uh, granted, Deuce did end up walking away, but we were able to retain another offensive assistant that I know you're a big fan of, Jeff Stoutland. Yes, sir. Jeff Statland. He's great. I mean, I think that we've, I mean, if you look at his coaching track track record, we've had the best offensive line, uh, like one of the top five offensive lines in the past five to seven years, it -hmm. seems like. I mean, we've thrived with offensive linemen under his his tenure. I think it would have been a mistake to let him go. Um, And Alabama would have been gaining another – I mean, he was working with Alabama oh. before. I think him and Nick Saban were boys, um, or still are boys. But I think that's just absolutely fantastic. It's actually probably my second favorite um, coaching hire, or I guess we retained um, him. But, yeah, I think it's really important, especially when we have these young guys like Jordan Mailata and um, Andre Dillard coming back. Um we're spoiled. I mean, we're spoiled for choice in terms of young talent. I mean, we we got we to gotta look at a at, – Jordan Mailata this year, obviously, and he was 
more than fine. I mean, I thought he yeah. played really well at left tackle. Um, who else? Uh, Matt Pryor was uh, terrible, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but, you know, we had a, a, a revolving door of offensive linemen. And yeah. obviously they, you know, sometimes they didn't have their best game, but there was also just some crappy personnel. Mm-hmm. Never forget Jamon Brown. Oh, fixing his gloves in the middle of a play, letting Carson Wentz get sacked. And then in the same game, sacking his own quarterback, essentially, I believe that was against the Ravens and, and then, uh, he was uh, released some... pretty much immediately. So I, I can't really put that one on stout. That, <laughs> that's just yeah, like, well, he was, uh, he was released for, I'm pretty sure having, uh, having some ladies over and, uh, was he really, he, was, he got released yeah. like two days after that. It was yeah, quick. but it wasn't because of his poor play. It was because of off the field issues. Good. No. <laughs> Then we probably would have had to keep him for a little longer. Yeah, but, you know, and you have to think about uh, this, too. I mean, we're going to be getting Lane Johnson back, and we're going to be getting Brandon mm-hmm. Brooks back, hopefully. Um, so, God damn it. I need Brandon Brooks back. Best, yeah, he's the best yeah. offensive lineman in the NFL, and we've been without him for, for quite some now, time. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's terrible. Two years. But, I mean, obviously, I mean, those two guys are one of the big reasons or two big reasons why, uh, why Stoutland has been, uh, has been successful. And I mean, I've, and hopefully we can be getting uh, Jason Kelsey back for another year. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, let's think about this. So we have Jason Kelsey at center. Let's theoretically say Jordan Mailata or um, uh, Andre Dillard, sorry, are at left tackle. And then the right side of the line is pretty much shirt up and Brandon Brooks and, um, Lane Johnson. I mean, that's a great offensive line right there. Mm-hmm. I think it just Do you mind if the, I make a, a bold prediction. Sure. My lot is going to beat out Dillard for the starting left tackle spot. I'd be fine with that. I'm not, I, used to I actually like have very little doubt in my mind that's going to happen. And I know that might be just me being delusional slash super anti Andre Dillard as he is a Pac-12 mm-hmm. product. Uh, and I'm now forever biased against Pac-12 players in any league at any level. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Pac-12 to me I, I, is is now bottom of the barrel. So oh, yeah. uh, Andre Here's, Dillard is definitely yeah. not the guy for me. I think my lot of played better than we ever saw Dillard play. Mm-hmm. So. No, well, here, here's my take on the on that situation because I think it's uh, as as we get closer to the season, it's going to be a hotter story. Who's going to be our left co- or left tackle? And yeah. um. I'm not here. Here's how I'll phrase this. I'm not out on Andre Dillard, but I'm totally in on Jordan Mailata, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that I, and I trust Jeff Stalin Stalin to make the, uh, to make a decision. I mean, obviously I gave you the stats earlier. We've had the, one of the top five offensive lines for seven years now. So it's, yeah. I think it, I think it's, I think it's fine. I think offensive line right now, believe it or not, is one of our least uh, one of our least pressing issues at this point, mm. <laughs> even oh, solely because last year everybody was hurt. I mean, and we we can go into this season having mm. the assumption that nobody on the offensive line is going to be hurt for game one. Yeah, it's like you the offensive line really did play the best they could play under the circumstances that they were right. in. Like mm-hmm. so many no no unit will you know play or have that many injuries and play to their full potential that they would have without those injuries unless you're just like holy cow we got these two studs out of nowhere which sometimes happen teams win Mm -hmm. games with just like oh look at this rookie who's actually just an absolute hoss so but we didn't have that we we didn't really have that um no anywhere on the field in any situation except for of course alex singleton i'm not i don't think a rookie but 
No, you know? he was, I don't think he's a rookie. No, no, yeah, not a rookie, but still, you know, we had injuries in the linebacker position. He mm-hmm. came in, he was like, yeah, I'm going to start now. That was like the one guy. So, uh, honestly, the linebackers I'm less and less concerned about as time goes on because right. Singleton right. to me is like a – he's a little undersized, but he's speedy and he wraps up. So. Oh. He was he was one of the he's probably one of the most fun wa- players to watch on the defense this year. Oh yeah, I, he was all over the field. He's all over the mm-hmm. field. It was great. I he think was like Nigel um, Bradham in the Super Bowl year, level, exactly. Like, just ranginess as a linebacker. Exactly, exactly. So it brings up the question of uh of of the draft, right? Do we need to draft another linebacker? So I guess we could we could talk a little bit about the draft because I want to silence all the people that want to draft Micah Parsons in the first round at the sixth overall pick. Oh my gosh, dude! The the off the field issues. <laughs> I heard uh, I heard John Ritchie talking on the radio, and he was at he was coaching at a camp um, in Central Pennsylvania, which is where Micah Parsons is from, and um, uh, and he went to Penn State, obviously. Um, John Ritchie was coaching the linebacker or the uh, the running backs, excuse me, and um, he had seen Micah Parsons play, and you know, obviously he's scouting him out, you know, and. Um, Micah Parsons runs over and gets in line to be with the running backs. And Richie is like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I'm going to take some snap. I'm going to take some snaps at running back. And he's like, no, you're not. You're not going to take snaps away from my running backs. You're trying to get looks here just because you want to take some snaps at running back. I'm like, what, what the hell is going through your mind right now? I mean, so John Richie, um, who obviously is a uh, former Eagles fullback and an Eagles legend. And I uh, trust him in that uh in that assessment so i'm totally out on michael parsons i don't want to draft him in the first round and i don't think the eagles are even going to draft a linebacker anywhere near the first two rounds so yeah that's my whole take on the yeah man i mean i'm I'm gonna be honest like obviously looking forward to the draft but in in my personal mind right now it's just like i'm not even thinking about the draft so i don't even know who the hell that is i don't i literally oh sorry (laughs) no no it's cool it's cool i was interested the story i i just don't know you you said he played for penn state yeah he's he was a star linebacker for Uh, for penn state star linebacker for penn state okay linebacker you man that's a good program still well it's linebacker you fuck him You know how many linebackers going to the NFL from Penn State? I couldn't give less of a shit. (laughs) (laughs) I believe it. I've I've seen it. I know that. I know that. Just I I don't want. I don't know why we take him there. I don't know why we. uh, Especially if he just seems like a dick. Like I don't really. (laughs) I'm not exactly interested in in that guy. Obviously, we got to go. We got to go. Jamar Chaser. Fucking. Devonte Smith. Smith, baby, Devonte Smith. It's, I mean, He's for Smitty. me, at this point, dude. I mean, I know. Did you wait? Did you say that you weren't you weren't totally in on the draft right now? You don't want to talk about the draft? I don't really want to talk about the draft, but it's just like I think that's it. Like I, I've done no research. I don't know anything about prospects. I, I just that's not. Uh, there are draft guys, and there are guys that like. Okay, I'll. I'll care when I get there. I'll care wow. when it's a little closer. I'm not. You know, I'm not preparing. I'm not doing the drafting. It's not my fucking job to know who these people are. Right. Like, I wish it's their job the to identify them. What? I wish you were doing the drafting. I would do a better job. I'd just be like, who's this guy? <laughs> oh, he played at Alabama. Let's take him. All right, cool. Yeah, Next. pretty much. And that's as easy as it uh that's as pretty much as easy as it gets. You, I mean, you want me to draft believe. a skill player from the Pac 12? Why don't you get the fuck out of my draft room? <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> You're fired. Just not a oh, shot, man. man. 
I, Ryan, I really think that you're one of the only people who's not talking about the draft right now. Dude, it's fans. so far away. It's so far. What are we going to do? It's fun to speculate. It's, it's fun, fun to speculate. Spe- it's fun. To, it's not. F- I, I don't enjoy speculation, to be honest with you. I don't enjoy speculation. I enjoy hot takes, but I don't oh, enjoy speculation. Okay. Those All are two right. different things. Yeah, totally. I just, I just, you know, it's just like, oh, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? I have no influence over it. Nothing's going to like, they're going to do what they're going to do. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> The draft day reference on this podcast. Shut up. <laughs> All right. So do we have anything uh, else on the birds? Uh, no, but I do have one more thing that I would like to say about Nick Sirianni. Please. Cool. So I, um, I think Nick Sirianni, he's going to help out some guys on this team that, uh, that maybe haven't had the best couple of years or just singular year. And the one guy that pops into my brain is Jalen Rager. Um, Nick Sirianni has already come out and said that, he wants to get the ball into the hands of the playmakers and the fast guys, which is, you know, a pretty, a pretty boilerplate statement, you know, which is, uh, I mean, something just something he has to say as a head coach, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take his word for it, which means he's going to get the ball into Jalen Rager's hands. And I think that's going to help him out a lot. And he's going to have a much better season this year, hopefully. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you hundred percent. I think, I mean, Rager really never had a chance to get off the ground last season. So I don't really think, we uh, we really saw what he could have been. I don't know. Obviously, I don't think he would have been Justin Jefferson level numbers just because his offense was so broken. But yeah. I do think he's got talent. I just think mm-hmm. he just needs better schemes to get him open and and to get yeah. him involved in something that isn't a, an overthrown deep ball or a, a, a predictable bubble screen because those are like right. the two ways they get him involved. Like mm-hmm. look how the Chiefs utilize Tyree Kill. They just have him just kind of you know whoop. I understand Tyreek Hill's a lot faster than Jalen Rager, but you know Jalen Rager's faster than a lot of NFL, you know, defensive backs. Right? He's I think. A, he's not he's not like Tyreek Hill tier, but he's like the tier below. He's know? not slow. He's definitely no. I, that, that, that's slow. what I'm saying. He's like yeah, a tier so below Tyreek Hill. Yeah. He can burn just just hit him on those slants inside, maybe a picker out, and let him turn up field. Like that's the kind of thing that uh, I think Nick Sirianni's going to do. Like you said, to get the fast guys involved. Also, we're going to see Quez Watkins. And maybe Hightower, maybe. But of course, we, I wouldn't you know, we got. It, yeah. What do you do? You think he's going to do anything for JJ Arcega Whiteside? Do you or no. Arcega Whiteside? No. Yeah, because JJ I really is don't. just. I I think he's just kind of a lost cause, to be honest. Yeah, with you, he's uh, he's broken, and nobody's going to want. I, honestly, I think his NFL career is over. If I'm being That's honest, sad. I think it's done. I, I could would do, be. I'd, I'd be very very surprised if the Eagles even kept him on the roster this year. Someone uh. This was during the season, but somebody tweeted the vi- first video of him walking up to the Eagles complex after getting drafted. Mm-hmm. And he was just like so awkward and he just had like the worst fit on and he just looked like a fool. And someone was like, we should have known, man. We should have known right away. <laughs> this guy was a clown. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, oh, a sh- that's a shame. That's a shame. But that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. A lot of. I think cautious optimism about the Eagles that things can be turned around in the right direction. I'm not even saying things are going to be good next year, but I'm confident that things are going to be better than this year, at least in terms of just my gut feeling about the team. Cause I hated watching Eagles football yeah. every week this season, mm-hmm. even the wins. I hate it. Like, yeah. Well, I don't see how it can get much worse. <laughs> that's, that's, uh, that's my, uh, that's my, mindset there's, nowhere to, right there's nowhere to go, but up. 
Yeah, that's it. I mean, I think Nick, I think Nick Sirianni is a good hire. Obviously, if Nick Sirianni loses less than four games, I'm going to burn down Lincoln Financial Fields. <laughs> wow. All right. <laughs> you heard it here first on the Wolves of Broad Street, PPD. Uh, this is uh, hey. my Ryan Conway. <laughs> my uh, social security number is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness gracious. All right, moving along from the birds. A lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff going on, but nothing crazy. Nothing crazy good. And we are going to move into the doghouse, brought to you by Wide Plank Floor Supply. Visit their website at www.wideplankfloorsupply.com. Get a recommendation for a contractor. Get a quote. Go check out their showroom in King of Prussia. Wear a mask when you go, preferably. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, probably do it. No, no definitely mandatory. do it. Yeah, mandatory. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. The, the wide playing floor supply people are, are nodding at me. Yeah, it's mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> I do these reads uh, at gunpoint. All right, so wide <laughs> playing floor supply. If it's wide, they've got it. Sam, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Um, you can go first. All right. Okay, so... Long-time listeners of the show know that I have a lot of issues with te- – well, we as the Wolves generally have a lot of issues with technology, but in particular, my phone has been on the fritz for the past year, just kind of moving about, doing ridiculous things. And, uh, you know, I'm just scrolling through Hinge like a normal dude, matched with a lovely young woman. I go to send her a message. It immediately clicks up top and does a, a, a phone call via Hinge. And I got to hang up and unmatch and just go lie down in the dark for an hour because that <laughs> was awkward to say the least. So Apple, I'm going to need a free phone. Don't worry That's about good it. Stuff. Obviously yeah. the phone getting thrown back into the doghouse is accurate. <laughs> just totally it's just, accurate. It's, it's, I it's get making phone, my I life difficult. Random phone calls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting random phone calls from Ryan while I'm in class. And I, uh, I'm like, dude, what's going on? He's like, it's just my phone being being stupid again. I was like, all right, well, you we should get that fixed. Anyways, I'm going to go uh, with my doghouse brought to you by Y Plank Floor Supply. I'm going to go with our brand new friend, um, Drew Smith of the Liberty Line. Yes. Uh, Drew Smith. What do you do, Sam? You know, well, he went live on the radio. Well, they do the uh, they do the Philadelphia Gambler on uh, Fox 102.5, uh, the Gambler, and they do you know they do a little hour show from five to six. And um, as you know, as we were getting acquainted uh, the the day before, Ben Simmons came up, and he is a uh, Ben Simmons apologist. And obviously, if you listen to the show, you know I hate Ben Simmons more than anything in this entire world. Uh, and he said, "Quote on the air." If you if you were a Ben Simmons hater, you wouldn't be working at the Liberty Line, which is problematic because I would like to work there. <laughs> <laughs> this is not this is hours after we had a conversation about Ben Simmons and he's like that's brutal. the wrong answer. <laughs> it was brutal. Yeah, you got rocked there. I we both because we, we were together listening to it and we heard it and I just looked yeah. him dead in the eyes I was like he's got you. Yeah. He's got got he got me. Uh, but in, all, in all serious, in all seriousness, uh, Drew Drew Smith's a great guy. He's got a great thing going over at the Liberty Line, and uh, hope to be hope to be doing some business with him in 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 the in the future. So, it's uh, it's all love for Drew Smith, even though I hate you because Ben Simmons. Yeah, <laughs> and they stole the doghouse, but we don't have to get into that. No, we don't have to get right into now. that. <laughs> we don't have to get into that, but 
they know what they did. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's been the Doghouse brought to you by Wide Plank Floor Supply. Visit their website at www.wideplankfloorsupply.com. Get a recommendation for a contractor. Get a quote. Visit their showroom in King of Prussia. Wear a damn mask, people. If you yeah. want to see these high-quality woods for high-quality prices, wear a mask. Get in there. Get some wood. Get out. Get someone to put it in your house for you because you're not going to do that by yourself. No, I don't know how to. I don't know how to do that. They got yeah. people that they know. They can put you in touch. They make it happen. Wide plank floor supply, bringing us the doghouse. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Philadelphia 76ers are my favorite team <laughs> in Philadelphia right now. They are just so goddamn good, and we're gonna get into a ton of stuff. But of course, with impeccable timing for the second week in a row, we have the Prince of Port Richmond. I knew it. I knew it. Hey, Wolves. <laughs> hey, Pop. How's it going? I'm well. Good. Good. How are good. you guys doing? How's the Wolf Pack? <laughs> good. Good. It's growing great. steadily by the day, mm-hmm. we hope. So, okay. <laughs> all right. But, uh, Dad, I, we, you, you timed it perfectly again this week. We just got into the Sixers. Okay. Things have been gr- pretty great. For the Sixers, even without Seth Curry, Joel Embiid's been amazing. And Ben, while he's not really pulling jumpers like we want him to, we're still impacting games on both ends of the floor in a big way. What's kind of stood out to you from these guys? Well, I, I guess a couple things. You step back and say they can't win without Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's number one. They just can't. They can't even get a game. So if they can't beat the Pistons without Joe, then let's hope this guy stays healthy. Um, and the, and he gets, he doesn't need as many breaks towards the end of the season when we're going to need him when he has back, back tightness or, or knee soreness or, or whatever, or, or not, unless they, they're just really resting him. They're saying that I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. And that is the first thing that they, they need to find ways to score without him. Um, not, not, they don't have a lot of guys that can get their own shot. So they're, they're going to have to figure this out. Um, ben, since the last time we talked, is doing things I was hoping he would do. He's taken it in the basket and finishing. He's brought his hook shot back. He's actually taking some jump shots. Now he airballed a three pointer the other night, but at least he took one. But yeah, I, like I don't, I still hit the rim. Okay, I mean, all right. So that's <laughs> you know, it's you know, you're six ten. You should be strong enough to reach the rim from the corner. That's the shortest three point shot as well. And then Thibel's offense has disappeared. I don't know what's going on. Like he's he's his defense is great, but his offense and back. I'm sorry, back to Ben. His defense has been great. I I, I really can't complain about that. I love how how aggressive he's been. Um, you know, I'm 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 happier. He needs to score four or five more points a game. His free throw percentage looks like is 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 better, which may give him more um, confidence when he's taking the that mid range that that you know top of the, not top of the key the elbow jumper. So hopefully he gets in a little bit of a rhythm from the line. Maybe he'll shoot a little bit more. Um, yeah, and then you know it's it's that's the Sixers, you know, and they D- Danny Green and Seth is all, you know I'm hoping they continue, and then they're, they're not as consistent as you'd like them to be. But with, with three point, uh, is, is Seth have the highest uh, field goal percentage for three point in the NBA, or is he up there still? Yeah, I think he's still number one. I don't he's know about after one. last night. Yeah, last night was a little rough. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he did, you know, he did come back from COVID. Sometimes it takes a couple games to get really consistent again. 
But if he gets consistent, Danny Green hits it, the floor is spread, Joe can operate, Ben will be able to drive, well, everything opens up. Just, I'm not sure. What's the center they put in Bradley? I don't know what Doc's rationale in making, having Bradley play as much as he did. I think um, part of it was just Dwight is an idiot and was hurting <laughs> the team with stupid fouls and getting te- and getting teed up. I don't know why. Like, he had his head on straight in Los Angeles, and now he's doing the same old Dwight BS in Philly. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like, you're, you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Play, like, act no, like I, it. I, you were, it, That's right. That's right. T- but, Tony um, Bradley's a great guy. <laughs> I don't know about a player, but he's a great guy. <laughs> yeah, he's probably great to have as a you know as a roommate. But I wouldn't want him to be my on, on the court with me though. You know, it might be a <laughs> yeah. good you know tell him to go get Popeyes like the other guy, young guys get. <laughs> oh, speaking of Popeyes, Maxi, like he seems like you know now that everyone's full compliment, he doesn't know where he fits in, and he's kind of running around circles out there and trying to. Um, but I still love the way he takes it to the to the, to the rim over people mm. and, and his floater and mm. you know he should say he should settle in and shoot a little bit more. Um, and um, Doc, I, I'm pretty happy with him as a coach. I like how he does offense defense at the end of quarters to ensure they win the quarter. Brings Thibel in. I like you know I like he's, he's he, you know he's playing and I think the players really respect him. Yeah, I think we're in good shape. You know, again, three point consistency, Joe healthy, and I think we're going to go pretty far um, and mm. either one of those things fall off. They will have a problem. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. Damn right. That's well, my yeah, Sixers feedback. Um, do you have any what other you, topics or you want me to go? <laughs> I, I, I think we're all set for now. Just quick. Do you have a quick reaction on the uh, new Eagles head coach, Nick Sirianni, a Paisan? You feel good? Or at least not negative. <laughs> well, listen, you know, I have a couple of perspectives. You know, I hear he's had a lot of energy and the players love the love, they love the love the energy has. That's great. But my only concern is why did you hire an assistant coach? One, you couldn't get a head coach or you can, couldn't control a head coach. And I worry I that Howie wants to control the guy yeah. that comes in. So if you bring a guy in as a head coach, he's going to want to be, a, you know, be the marionette. Um, so that's my only concern. I, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic because I'm a fan, but I'm just hoping how he just kind of gets in players and then gets out of his way and allows him to coach a team. Mm-hmm. And the other yeah. thing is, if, if that's our head coach, our assistants better be really freaking good. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, you know, I don't have a whole lot of, I don't know a lot about the guy. So that's what we need. we'll see. We'll see. Great stuff. Go. All right, Dad. Thanks for calling. All right, in. boys. La- it's ladies and gentlemen. The Prince of Port Richmond. Thanks for so much for calling in. <laughs> yeah, obviously that's a lot to unpack there. Uh, thank you again to the Prince of Port Richmond. Um, let's start. Let's 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 start with the Sixers. <laughs> so my well, yeah, my, we're not. I'm not going back to the Eagles. I'm not. Yeah, I don't really. We're fully like in positivity land right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm about to get a little bit. Uh, I'm about to get a little negative. So it's because you're Bear a crotchety old man. I've been told. So I've been told. Um, I hate Danny Green. Um, I think he shouldn't start anymore. I'd much rather start uh, Matisse or not Matisse, uh, Tyrese Maxey, or even Matisse Thibel over uh, over Danny Green. I can't stand the um, I can't stand the streakiness of uh, of Danny Green, and I don't think he adds anything on defense either. So, 
And uh, obviously, I think that I think Seth Curry will he'll figure it out. He's coming off of a, coming off of a break. And um, here's the here and here's the other thing about Ben Simmons. When your when your pop came on and he said that he's been more aggressive and he's been uh been driving to the driving to the rim and whatnot. That's all great. But if you can't make a two foot layup, what are you doing? Dude, he, he his field goal percentages were all like sixty plus in the last week. Every night scoring Every fifteen plus a game. What the fuck is the issue with that? What's the problem Every with that? Every time I watch, he's going in full ahead of steam, and if he's not pulling up at the free throw line and kicking it out to somebody, he's going in and he's bricking a layup. I don't see Every how you can criticize Ben Simmons last week. Like I just don't see how you can take a look at that and go, he's not a good basketball player. He didn't just help the team. I don't see how you can complain about he shot a minimum of like eighty five percent from the free throw line. That's I'm not I'm way not better. talking about his free throws. I'm talking well, about I'm just him. saying in general his whole performance and his free throws have been a struggle. That's so that's another area that has improved. If you got let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What what my point is. We took him number one overall, right? We took him number one overall in the draft, and we're getting excited over twelve points and ten assists a game. Are First you kidding team all me? defense as well. First team all defense. That's 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 all great, but you could get that. Anywhere else in the draft other than first overall. Like at first overall pick, you have to be able to score points. He does score points. Twelve a game from our point guard, our first overall he's, draft. He's in. He's increased as we've gotten more shooters back. It's just having space to operate. His free throw percentages have gone up. His field goal percentages has gone up. His rebounds per game has gone up in the past week. His uh, assists per game has gone up. Kind of His points line. per game is on. Uh, dude, because we're winning fucking basketball games. That's why. That's all great. That's why we're I'm winning excited. basketball games because, because of he's Joel putting Embiid. up 12, 13 points in the fourth quarter. That that win was not because of Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid was great. Joel Embiid is, in my opinion, the front runner for the MVP, as is in yes. the opinion of a lot of people, including people mm-hmm. in the national media, which is a shock. But at the same time, Ben Simmons is an integral part of this team. We don't have the great run we did over the last week without Ben Simmons seriously stepping up in the fourth quarter. I don't know how you can take a look at those games and go, I'm not thrilled with how he's helping the team. I understand he's not the player that you want him to be, but if we're winning games, there's a point where it's like, hey, he's doing everything that he can within his skill set that he's comfortable with, and he's still playing at a first-team all-defense level. It's just like people – do you, I mean, you you brushed off first team all defense like that's not an accomplishment. All right, well then like, here, it's let not me. A, let me it's I'm not. not like, I've always been a fan of the Ben Simmons on the defensive side of the ball. No, don't. I'm, I'm I know fine that with the but defense. That's but here's part the of thing. why he's so dynamic. That's that was part of why he went first overall. We didn't draft him first overall to be a thirty point a game scorer. Nobody thought that was going to be Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, his best skills were facilitating the basketball and playing defense. He was compared to LeBron, not because of his scoring ability, but because of his ability to see the floor and make the people around him better. Even though he's not putting up massive scoring totals does not mean he's not helping this team, and it does not mean that he hasn't improved. And if you can't okay. see that, then you're beyond, you're, you're beyond help. You're, we you're, already knew that, Ryan. I we know, but that. I just want, you know, we may have some new people tuning in. I just want them to know that you are fully gone. You are past the point of no return with Ben Simmons. Listen, listen. Unless he suddenly turns into James Harden, you, you, take you just game, will never be happy. 
you take a game like last night, right? Joe Allen beats sitting out, load management, back tightness, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Who do you, who who do you want to step up? Ben Simmons. Oh, okay, that's great. So we have lost. How many games have we lost? How many? We've won, I believe, twelve games while Joel Embiid is on the court, right? Mm-hmm. We've lost four. I'm pretty sure. So, what does that tell you about our second quote, second best player? I got nothing for you, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, no, no. What it what it tells you about Ben Simmons is that I mean, like I said, he's not going to be able to fill that vacuum of points that Joel is putting up. He averaged thirty seven points a game last week, and then we take him out. That's taking thirty. I understand he's not going to average thirty seven points a game all season. That would be Will Chamberlain insane, Shaq mm-hmm. in the finals level insane. Like mm-hmm. that's not what I expect of Joel. But that's taking thirty seven points on average out of the lineup. And Ben Simmons has never been an elite scorer. He did, but that's not his strength. I mean, he can get to the rack a little bit. And now that he's making his free throws, I think they're going to have to guard him a little, uh, you know, a little less aggressively. Cause now if he's gets the and one, he's liable to make that shot. If he's shooting Mm -hmm. 80 plus percent from the free throw line. And that's all great. That's, that's one aspect of his game that I have been incredibly happy with is that, Okay, maybe he bricked a layup going in, but now he's now he's maybe able to t- get those two points back. What also what pisses me off about this conversation, Sam, is that we're just fully not talking about Joel Embiid. We're fully talking about, we're wasting our breath talking about Ben Simmons when we should be talking about and singing the praises of Joel Embiid because he has been absolutely absurd. He's the best center in the NBA. He's one of the top five players in the NBA right now, if not the best, most effective player for his team. There is, a, of course, an argument, argument for Nikola Jokic, as uh, our frequent caller, Zach from BC, uh, does say. And I do see the argument. He's averaging more points and more rebounds and more assists, but... Joel Embiid is just an all-around incredible basketball player anywhere yeah. on the floor. He can pull up from the elbow, make a shot. He had a step back three to Dagger. ice the game. Dagger. Disgusting. Yeah. We played the Boston Celtics in two games. We beat him in both games because Joel yeah. Embiid is just so damn good. And then he came back the second night of a back-to-back against Detroit and then dropped big buckets on Saturday mm-hmm. night which he never does. He never plays the second night of a back-to-back. Granted, he took the game last night off that horrendous loss against the Pistons. He did take that off. But this guy, if he can stay healthy and he can do, you know, what he's been doing and sustain it all year, MVP, no question. It doesn't really bother me what Ben Simmons is up to. As long no, as Joel yeah. Embiid's on the floor, I have faith in the Sixers. I mm-hmm. have faith that we're going to be able to win games because he's the engine of the team. He's what yeah. makes us go. He's what he he's our leading scorer. He's our I think he's become more of a leader. He's mm-hmm. just got a different vibe to him this year. He's he looks pissed off. He looks ready to come out and 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 really like knock some heads. I think young fun Joel is is gone. Joel has just had a kid. His dog died in an elevator accident. Like Joel Embiid is like John Wick. He's becoming he's a ready. real person. He's ready to just come out and just take revenge on the entire NBA for not taking him seriously for the past three, four years. They hate the process. Yeah. 
I the love, process. <laughs> I love uh, I love Joel Embiid, man, and uh, I I will switch I'll flip the switch into positive mode now. I am just absolutely thrilled with everything that I've seen out of Joel Embiid this year. I love and I've brought it up every episode thus far. I love his conditioning right now. I think that's a big part of the reason why he's uh, he's so successful is that he's able to stay on the court longer and he's able to play more games because he's well conditioned and um, obviously. I, I don't see a I don't see a better argument for him being MVP this year than the team's record um, with yeah. him off the court. Like I just don't. There, it's it's unreal how much they need him, and it's 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 a problem, but it's also a compliment. Like it's 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 put it's it's what's put him at the top of the list for for MVP in my in yeah. my book. I saw, it was. Um, it's just fantastic, dude. I love everything that I've seen so far. Are you kidding me? A center. Step back three, dude. That was dumb. Ice the game. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> I mean, we, we were sitting right next to each other. It was fantastic. We went Living nuts. Rent free and Marcus Smart's head. Oh, that was great. Just great, great work by NBC Sports Philly. Really. Mm-hmm. Just fantastic. <laughs> so great, so great. And uh, another bright spot, Shake Milton. I mean, he's been. Mm. You know, with the full complement of people now, you know, a little up and down with the numbers while we're getting the, everybody f- fit back in the lineup. But he has made a case for six man of the year pretty much immediately out of the gate. And I think, you know, I personally would like him to start, but he's so good with that second unit. And he can, yeah, if he's going up against non elite defenders, he just cooks them. Mm-hmm. So he's a great guy to have out there with the second unit running the point, maybe moving off ball, because he's now an effective enough shooter to have off-ball gravity, have people follow him when he doesn't have the ball and create lanes for guys like Tyrese Maxey, who can get to the rack at will. And also, people, some there's a fringe radical group on Twitter that wants Shake Milton for Defensive Player of the Year as he has the lowest opponent field goal percentage when he's guarding them at like 28% which is something wow. that I, I think that might have changed because that was as of uh, as of a week ago. So I don't know how that number changed uh, mm-hmm. over the last week. I, I, I'm, I, I don't have a subscription to any statistics websites because I don't believe in analytics. Uh, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Shake Milton. I don't know why I um, – and I don't – this is just off the top of my dome. This reminds me a lot of the Carlos Ruiz situation in the playoffs. Um, obviously Carlos Ruiz being the former catcher of the Philadelphia Phillies, he was absolutely tearing it up with the stick um, uh, at the plate in the, in the lineup for the, for the Philadelphia Phillies. And he was towards the bottom and people were, people were screaming at Charlie Manuel, move him up in the lineup. And I said, no, keep him there. Keep this lineup well-rounded. You don't have to move anybody around. It's working the way it is right now. You can keep him down there at the bottom of the order and have a great stick in the bottom of the order. Not the shake Milton belongs in the bottom of any order, um, but mm-hmm. no, I yeah. like him on the bench. You, you get you get what I'm saying, though, right? Yeah, a hundred percent. He's a vital part of that second unit. He makes it go. And he's a big. He just can do what he, he just does what he wants, man. Yeah, I am a uh, proud shake Milton convert. Thank you. <laughs> I it was al- almost a year ago that uh, yeah. We had someone pay $3 to sponsor our old segment, Outlandish Takes Anonymous. It was sponsored by uh, Philadelphia's finest, Shake Milton. Yeah. So, and, and you were furious. And now look I at was. where we are. I, I think that's a testament to his play. I think that just shows how much he okay. has improved. Because mm-hmm. I think he's also a candidate for most, most improved player. Is he really? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he should be. I think he's improved drastically. Yeah. Can you win the, the sixth man of the year award and most improved player? 100%. If you can win defensive player of the year and MVP. Yeah. You know anything. Makes sense. And with that being said, uh, the very man himself, the Shake Milton lover. <laughs> uh, David calling in from parts unknown. <laughs> where in the world is Dimitch? Here he is. Dimitch, which location on this globe are you calling from? Back in Atlanta, started another semester. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's, that's cool. I'm in the middle of a lab right now, but stepped out to do the all important call to Wolves, of course. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, say brother. hello to beautiful Georgia Tech. Oh. Anyways, man, I was, I was not going to lie. I was kind of disappointed how, how vehemently you guys wanted Doug to stay. I just think with, when it comes down to it, like looking at what Carson was going through, he's, he should be the guy. I don't think Jalen Hurts showed nearly enough, especially putting up the lowest QBR of any quarterback in any Philadelphia Eagles start ever. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. you got to try to go back to Carson. You got to see if someone can fix him. Um, Doug's definitely not that guy. And you think and Sirianni's the guy? I mean, I don't know if he is the guy, but hey, you know we're dealing with the same thing as Chelsea fans, and it's just when things aren't going right, you got to just start fresh, and you got to see coach. what can happen. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I think Frank Lampard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, sorry, Tuchel's the guy. Tuchel's the guy. Yeah, you got to be optimistic. No I don't know. It, mm. it sucks that we lost our Super Bowl winning coach, but yeah. at the same time, all good things come to an end. That's true. Yeah, I just uh, I just didn't think it was totally his fault. I thought it was the blame was all on Howie Roseman, but I uh, I, I digress. I, I want to hear what I, you have to say about so this. I, yeah, the, my biggest thing with Howie is just he was voted – the top executive in the league by all of the other GMs um, at the beginning of the season last year. So when you look at that and you say, okay, he's obviously doing a lot of things right. What's he doing wrong? And obviously that's the draft. So if they can just Mm. give him somebody, like I thought they were going to bringing in that consultant from the chiefs, if they can just figure out the draft and give it to somebody else, I don't see why he has to leave when he's so good at other things. Like, you know, well, I gotta, our, cap, our cap situation is a disaster now, but it won't be by the end of the offseason. He does it every yeah, year. Gotta, yeah, you know what? I got some news for you. John Dorsey's gone. So uh, Is he really? Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> okay, well, see, it's, I guess I have, I have optimism over what they should be doing. Great. And man, yeah, he's out. That's, that's tough. <laughs> that's ass. So how are you feeling about the Sixers? Joel Embiid, Shake Milton, who you loving right now? <laughs> I'm loving all of it. I'm loving <laughs> Tyrese Maxey far and away as, as my favorite right now. I mean, obviously, Joe and Joe is doing what Joe does, putting up numbers that could make him potentially the league MVP, which would be freaking awesome. Um, but, yeah, I mean, even without with Seth Curry going down, beating the Celtics twice in a row. I mean, that was just – that was just joy. Absolute pure joy. Great to see. Oh yeah, man. Oh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, loving it. Shake, shake's been, shake's been incredible. Six man of the year coming up. Joel Embiid with the MVP, and Ben Simmons with the uh, defensive, defensive All Star first team. I, I, I will say he's been doing a lot better. Like his last three games, he's actually putting up numbers that aren't horrendous. Mm. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. You missed man. our, uh, you missed our little uh, squabble earlier. Yeah, I know. we got into oh, a lovers' God. quarrel. Uh, yeah, about Ben one. Simmons, and I was like, "What you'll are we doing it. right now?" <laughs> you'll hear, you'll hear it live. You'll hear it uh, not live, but you'll hear it on uh, the podcast when it comes. I out. can't, I can't wait. But hey, just exactly what Craig was asking for: over fifty percent 
free throws and from the floor and putting up more than 10, 12, 12 points a game. And he's been doing that recently. He's shown he can do it. I don't know. He's just got to yeah. just got to come out and do it. But it's good stuff, see. man. Thanks for calling in, D Mitch. Absolutely. Good to talk to you guys. Yeah, we'll rip cards soon. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> see you, boys. Peace. Yeah. Uh, love him. Love chatting with yeah. him. Love chatting Eagles football, Sixers basketball. Anything goes with the homie Dimitch from Parts Unknown. That's going to do it for me and the Sixers. Uh, if you have anything with the Sixers, Sam, you go ahead. But I know that you have been waiting and waiting and waiting, licking your chops to dive headfirst into the Phillies because we got some news today, Sam. We got some news. I'm going to let you just. I'm going to let you talk. I'm going to go get my water. I'm going to let you. All righty. All righty. <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, this is my segment of the show, as the Sixers segment is, I guess, Ryan's, and that's when we fight and all. But, oh, the Phillies, the Phillies, the Phillies. We finally signed JT Realmuto back on a $115 million deal over five years. It's the largest deal a catcher has ever had in the history of the game. And I could not be more excited about it, honestly. I mean, obviously, we're giving up a pretty penny for him, but I think it's all totally worth it. I mean, we're bringing in a whole, pretty much a whole new pitching staff in terms of the bullpen, and you need a solid guy back there who's going to know what to do uh, with, a, uh, with, with all these different pitchers, all, know all their different uh, quirks, as we know pitchers have many, many different quirks, um, respectively. Um, I see Archie Bradley getting absolutely hyped up um, on Twitter today about JT and you see a post from Bryce Harper. The campaign is over. We've got him. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Here it is. Incredible. So happy about that yeah. signing. It was, it was a long time coming. I'm, I am going to miss the uh, daily tweets from uh, Jack Fritz and other quality Twitter follows in the Philadelphia area tweeting. This is uh, your daily reminder to sign JT real Muto. I'm going to miss yeah. seeing those littered across the timeline every day for mm. the past month, for the past few months. So, but uh, it's finally over. The saga's over. And uh, I, I mean, I'm not super pissed about the money. It's not my money. No. I want to, we want Middleton to spend. He's mm-hmm. there to be spending man. So I'm not, I'm not mad at yeah. all. It was a no brainer to lock him up. No question. No question. I mean, it's been, like I said earlier, it's especially since you're going to be revamping the whole bullpen, you need somebody consistent back there. That's going to, that's going to help them out. I think that um, Dombrowski is making all the right moves so far. Um, he hasn't made a single wrong move yet. And that's for sure. Um, I like, I like that we're looking in the, uh, in the shortstop market right now, because maybe bringing back DD isn't, isn't going to happen as much as everybody Damn. thought it was going to happen. Um, but we're in the market for Andrew Alton Simmons. We're in the market for Freddie Galvis. I mean, both of which would be fantastic to have as a, uh, as a veteran, as veteran shortstops, since we're going to be bringing up Bryson Stott, hopefully if not this year, then definitely next year. And it's great to have that veteran presence there. Um yeah, I'm 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 excited about the Phillies. I think it's going to be a decent year. A uh, little bit of bad news: um, the Nationals did sign Brad Hand, uh, which sucks. He's going to be their closer. They named him officially the closer for the Washington Nationals. Oh. So that's going to suck. Uh, I think I actually oh, I also heard staff too. Yeah, dude, that staff is nuts. I mean, it was the best bullpen in the league la- uh, either last year or the year before. Uh, what else? They have, I mean, they have a great starting pitching too. Obviously, Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, and um, somebody else, Corbin, Patrick Corbin. Yeah, it's just it's just a sick staff. I like our you staff. Quality starters too, man. 
Mm-hmm. We have oh, that's that's the best part of our pitching staff is our starters. I mean, you go mm-hmm. Aaron Nola to Zach Wheeler to um, uh, Eflin. Eflin had a great year last year, so I'm excited to see what he can uh, what he can bring to the table this year. We got rid of Pavetta, which is fantastic. Uh, and uh, damn, yeah, the I'm dream excited. is over. <laughs> We've we just have uh, we have I think we have a really really good mix of veterans and young talent coming up. I love yeah. Alec Boma. I love Alec Bohm, and you know we've got a uh, we've got a pretty seasoned uh, infield, and I think it's going to be great for him. Obviously, he already knows what he's doing with the stick. We just need to polish up the defense a little bit. Even that last year was n- not as bad as we thought it was going to be. He had a couple of web gems that uh, that made the highlight reels and whatnot. So I'm excited, you know, I'm, and I really wish that they would bring up Bryson Stott sooner rather than later, just to get him acclimated to the environment. You know, like a nice wide plank. You know, you got to acclimate it to the environment. So it's uh, <laughs> it's gonna take the master meter. Artless. <laughs> Artless plug, Sam. No, that was Art, that was artful. Artless, artless, artless plug. Artful. Artless plug. Artful. Artless. Nah, I'm just I'm very very happy about everything that Dave Dombrowski has been doing so far. Hopefully, we can figure it out because the NL East is stocking up. The Mets have made some pretty big signings. Um, I don't Holy have the list in front. Yeah, I, I don't have the list in front of me, but the guy that comes to mind is Francisco Lindor. <laughs> uh, I know they've made some pitching signings. I know they just got a catcher. They just got McCann. So um, they are uh, trending upwards. Although there is some dysfunction in that organization, as a, a certain GM made it into the doghouse last week, who is uh, not a part of the Mets organization anymore. So they are uh, yeah. figuring that out. Uh, the Marlins, I guess, can't get any worse. Can't get any, I guess. So <laughs> that's that's the other thing. Uh, the Braves are going to be the Braves. They're going to be fantastic. Um, just need Cole Hamels to keep eating up their money. I don't want to bring them back. Just mm-hmm. keep stealing a paycheck over there. Keep helping us out. Um, their lineup is sick. The Mets, oh, we already mentioned the Mets. And the Nationals, obviously. They have a great pitching staff, great defense behind them. Trey Turner is unreal. So, yeah, the NL East is going to be a lot better than it was last year. I'll tell you that. It's going to be a very, very competitive division this year. That's exciting. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, uh, how many days until pitchers and catchers report? Oh, you know, I usually have the number off the top of my head at the start of the day, but I don't have it with me today. <laughs> I, I know it's less than, a, less than a month. Less than a month? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Around the corner, man. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very exciting stuff. Very exciting stuff. I got obviously I got my Phillies jersey on. I was able to rep the Phillies. I have the my Reese Hoskins jersey on, and then yeah. of course I have the the visor on for our our very own Nick Sirianni mm-hmm. now. So, and if you want to know what I'm wearing, go watch the micro content. Or if you are watching <laughs> the micro content, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Is that going to do it uh, for the Phils? Are we good to wrap up. I think or? so. Yeah. Great. I think that's it. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Wolves of Broad Street podcast. As always, my name is Ryan Conway. I've been joined here by Sam Glavin, and we got our producer, Seamus G. Folks, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Wolves of Broad ST. Of course, that's the abbreviation for street. And uh, send your friends the podcast. And yeah. uh, also, you know, just spread the love, man. Not, not mm-hmm. even with us. Just spread the love to everybody. Anything you want to add, Sam? <laughs> No, just uh, just you know, keep sharing on Twitter and whatnot. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. I'd like, I would love to get our follower count up on Twitter. I wanna, I wanna tweet more things. We have good tweets, wanna, man. 
Yeah, we, we have, have great tweets. tweets. And especially, you know, follow me, Sam Glavin06 on Twitter. It's Ryan Conway, mm-hmm. Ryan Conway76 on Twitter. Uh, hopefully we'll be uh we'll be here maybe with some news next next pod. So uh we'll be uh we'll be here. big shout out to Alex Conway, uh pulling the strings, doing the uh, social media stuff. And yep. uh Seamus G, close us down, buddy. <laughs>